0: My name is Annie Lobert, and I'm a champion survivor of trafficking to tell you that God can heal you from any hurt that's ever happened to you. If He can do it for me, He can do it for you too. Hi, friends, and welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we invite presence, inspire purpose, and ignite passion in the hearts of people with God's love throughout the world. Friends, I'm so excited. You're invited. Hey, that rhymed to the rest of what I was teaching last week about their coming. Some of you are like, what is she talking about? That sounds like an alien movie, like Close Encounters of the Third Kind from the 80s. But no, my friends, not right now. What I mean by that is there is gonna be an influx, and I prophesy this, and I've already seen it myself, of people coming out of the sex industry, getting away from their traffickers, their pimps and coming into a place where they can feel safe, secure, completely accepted and loved. What does that look like? That is a good question. That's exactly the reason why I started doing outreach on the Las Vegas Strip with our ministry. It turned into a nonprofit and it started with this simple, Hey, do you know how much God loves you? I want you to know that I used to work just like you're being worked right now. I used to have a pimp just like you, that you can be free. You don't have to be with a pimp and you don't even have to sell your body anymore. You can have a normal life. You can do what you want for a living. You can create yourself into a new person. And you can be free of all the abuse that you're going through and you can actually control your own money and you can actually have a relation with your family again and your friends that you got stolen. Listen, friends, I came out of sex trafficking on the Las Vegas strip and I overdosed on cocaine. And here I am right now because I know for a fact that Jesus sets people free. He is the original trauma informed care. People talk about trauma-informed this, trauma-informed that. Are you trained? Do you know what that means? Do you know what that looks like? Sensitive training for trafficking victims. But you know what? You know what real trauma-informed care is? What it looks like is respect, acceptance, mercy, grace, and love. But the best ingredients, my friends, is love. That's the main ingredient. If you have that, and you're really focusing and thinking on what would it be like if I was told this or said this by someone, what would I react like if I had been raped more than 10, 20 times a day? Should I ask this question? Should I ask how many people they slept with? No, let's talk about it because guess what? We got the Bible here and it says it's the 25th anniversary edition of a new Spirit-Filled Life Bible. Woo-woo, right? And anyway, I think it's kind of cool because you can't see the colors, but it's a dark navy blue. Now, I have every single color at my house. You would just laugh if you came into my bedroom because I got Bibles galore everywhere and different kinds of books. I like to study, you know, and for my personal reference for myself, but mostly because I want to know the truth because Jesus said so himself that the truth will set you free. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. There's a great story in here that John wrote in John 8 about Jesus and what happened to this lady that no one knows, but she's called the woman in adultery. Does it make me angry because there's no name? Not necessarily. She was an unnamed face, but her story is brought up again and again because it talks about grace, it talks about acceptance, but the main point is it talks about non-judgment and unconditional love. People use this story to describe unadulterous relationships, right? Cheating, sleeping outside of marriage, whatever that looks like. But for me today, we're gonna use this in the context of sex trafficking and prostitution, which by the way, Those are intertwinable. Just because someone prostitutes themselves doesn't mean they're not being sex trafficked. I got into the sex industry on my own choice in the very beginning when I was a teenager. But later on, months into being in the sex industry, I met a boyfriend and he turned into my gorilla pimp, aka gorilla sex trafficker. And I almost died. Long story short, friends, I was in the game for almost 11 years of my life. Sex trafficking, being trafficked, hardcore as a high-class escort on the Las Vegas Strip. And we were in the middle of this story. So first of all, the scene is, Jesus is teaching in the temple. Let's talk about it. John 8, it says, early in the morning, he came again into the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. And then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Funny, right? Sounds like they were making a porn watching her. Like, what's up, dude? How did you see this girl commit adultery? By the way, where is the man in the story? Because obviously she was with a man or somebody, right? I'm sure she just wasn't, I don't even want to say it by herself, if you get what I mean, right? Then it says, now Moses and the law commanded that us, that such should be stoned. But what do you say? Do you see how they referred to her as a such? Like, that act should be stoned. And that means in the Old Testament, The Mosaic law said that anyone caught in adultery would be stoned. Did you know also that anyone that sold themselves were supposed to be burned at the stake. Yep. Burned at the stake set on fire. Well, guess what y'all I'm not burned at the stake because Jesus died for my sins, but I'm on fire for Christ. I got the passion of his heart inside my heart because I invited him a long time ago to help me with my life because I was so broken from being trafficked, from being stomped on, beat on, raped on, money stolen, awful life that I could not get out of. And the day that I got out, I actually overdosed and I tried to kill myself. Gosh, twice overdosed in one week, but then beyond that, and I don't share this story very often, but I tried to flip my car. I told God to just flip my Mustang. I was going 140 miles per hour on the 15 freeway into the 215 going towards Henderson in Las Vegas. And I dared God to flip the car. I didn't want to live anymore. So I was tired of being trafficked. But here I am with a smile on my face, because guess what? That was the devil's plan for me, but not God's plan. His plan was for me to be sitting in this pink chair. By the way, it's velvet, and I love the way it feels in my favorite colors. And to be talking to you about the people that are going to be coming to your church, to your area, to your community meetings, to your YMCA's, to your homeless shelter, whatever it looks like, they're coming And they're going to need someone that understands them. Let's see how Jesus treated this woman that was caught in adultery. This, they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him, but Jesus stooped down and wrote in the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. Isn't that funny? He did not want to hear them. We talked about this last week, how he purposely ignored them. Like you guys really don't understand what's going on right here, bro. You didn't read the law correctly. You didn't understand what my father intended, which was God, obviously. Jesus, being the son of God, would know what his daddy wanted, right? So if he knows what his father wanted, that his father desired mercy, and that he sent his son to die on a cross, a bloody, gruesome, cruel death for us, so that we didn't have to be stoned because you know as well as I do that we're not perfect and we're human. And then it says, so when they continued asking him, because you guys, they did not let it go. They made sure they continued to ask him, yo bro, what does the law say? What do you say? Okay. We want to know. I mean, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were a sad bunch of people. Okay. They were stuck in their religion, stuck in their you know, memorization of scripture, which that's a big hiccup. Some of Christians, not all, they will memorize scripture. They will be so stuck their nose up the Bible, in the Bible, that the Bible itself becomes their God, not God himself, not Jesus or the Holy Spirit. They are worshiping the words of the Bible, which it never says to do that. It says we are to worship God, that we do not have any idols before Him. This, my friends, can become an idol. It's very clear that the Sadducees and the Pharisees made the Torah their idol. That's what it sounds like to me. Okay? They're trying to test Jesus. What does the law say? Because whatever the law says is what we should be doing, Jesus. Do you really know the Torah? Let's see if he knows the Torah. Ha, ha, ha. He shouldn't be in our temple teaching if he doesn't know the Torah. He said to them, he who is without sin among you, y'all, let him throw a stone at her first. So in other words, he was saying, I dare you. Did you think you're so perfect? I'm paraphrasing everyone, by the way. Don't think this is literal words of the Bible, but in my mind, that's what I would be thinking. Of course, I'm human, but I just wonder what was Jesus thinking? Because he it says, then again, he stooped down and wrote in the ground for the second time. And those who heard it being convicted by their conscience. Thank goodness we have a conscience, y'all. Went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And you guys, I bet you you could have heard a pin drop in that place they were standing in the temple and the air and the breeze coming through, you know, maybe they heard a bird chirping, maybe it was raining outside, maybe it was sunny. We don't know the temperature, but we do know that these people fled the scene because they did not want to be caught in a lie. When Jesus had raised himself up, verse 10, and saw no one but the woman, He said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? Wow. That's a pretty powerful statement to say to someone that was just accused of adultery and being told, you need to be stoned. We're going to tell, we're bringing you to the temple. We're going to bust you, you whore, you hoe, you slut, you adulteress. You go with the scarlet letter, you, you know, unvirgin, whatever they wanted to call her. I'm pretty sure they were thinking the worst thoughts if they weren't saying these horrible names to her, that they wanted her to be busted. But more importantly, they wanted Jesus to look like a false teacher because they were already pining against him, going behind the scenes because they were jealous, first of all. You know why they were jealous? My personal belief is, is because Jesus was walking around giving out grace like it was candy, like it was going out of style. He was giving out grace, overflowing, okay? Because later on, he says in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you may have life And live it in abundance until it overflows. Jesus, this is what he said. He is the life of God incarnate inside him. And he was coming there to bring reconciliation and peace and forgiveness and love to the people, the children of God that believed in him and people that didn't believe in him. Yes, people that were agnostic, people that were total atheists, people that were just Jewish, people that were whatever you want to put the label on, whatever faith or non-faith they believed in, whatever they were worshiping. He was offering them a way to be forgiven and a way to reach heaven and a way to live in the kingdom of heaven as we're on earth. Yes, that's possible, my friends. We can live in the kingdom of God right here on heaven or right here on earth. We bring heaven to earth by believing that we bring Jesus wherever we walk and talk. And then after Jesus said, Woman, where are the accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So, in essence, my friends, Jesus was saying that you follow my ways, you follow me, you're going to have light to light up your life. Remember that song? You light up my life. You bring me hope to carry on. You light up my day and fill my nights with song. I know that's not a religious song, but man, it just came to my head. Debbie Boone, singing when I was a, in my, uh, gosh, I was maybe 10 years old. That song was popular. It's so amazing. We don't know who this woman is, but we do know that Jesus let her go. And he didn't allow a rock to touch her. And he didn't allow another name to be called under her. And he allowed these people that accused her of adultery. And the man was gone, by the way. The dude that was with her, vamp the scene. He didn't even get accused of nothing. Do you see how unfair that was? But Jesus stood up for her. He stood in as an advocate. He stood in as her lawyer, and he defended her with the heart of love. And he said, where's your accusers? They're not here. (laughs) They're gone. And you know why? That was important for her to say that? For him to say that to her? My personal belief is because he wanted her to see that everybody is a lot like her. They sin. They could be thinking thoughts and still be sinning in adultery. Jesus said later also about if you think on a woman and lust, you are committing adultery. So people that watch porn, well, I'm not touching her. I'm not feeling on her. I mean, I'm married, but I'm not cheating on my wife. Well, you actually are. I'm sorry to tell you, bros, okay, or women that are watching porn, you're actually cheating on your Loved one, you're committing adultery. And I'm not here to point fingers or condemn, but I am here to say that Jesus forgives. He forgave me for my lifestyle. I'm so thankful. Yes, I'm guilty of being an adulteress. I'm guilty of having an S on my shirt. Scarlet letter. I'm guilty of putting my pimp in the place of God, giving him all my money, risking my life. Do you know what happened to me before I started doing this outreach? I didn't want to do it. I was scared because I didn't want the pimps to come after me. I wanted to hide. And I didn't want people to know that I have a new life. But Jesus came to me and he told me to go down on the Las Vegas Strip and tell those girls that I love them. But more importantly, when I was arguing with God about going on the strip, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, you mean to tell me you're gonna go knock on random doors, and you're gonna just open up, walk in, and be with men you don't know, and have sex with them? Because you're in love with your pimp. Because you're being trafficked and you're afraid of your pimp. You mean you're more afraid to go down on the strip and tell someone that I love them. And then God really stuck it to me. I like felt like I got punched in my gut, but in a good way. I got like, it says in here, being convicted in their conscience, they couldn't pick up the rocks. They had to let the rocks drop. They had to walk away. I got convicted in my conscience. And God said to me, yeah, you're gonna go down there. And I said, yes, Lord, I'm gonna go down there and I'm gonna tell those ladies and anyone that's being trafficked or used or abused that knows it, understands it. And even if they don't know that, you're gonna open up their eyes, that they're loved, they're forgiven, And that they're invited, they're invited into a brand new life with Jesus and that he loves them and he doesn't condemn them and he would never stone them. And that's what we do at Destiny House. You guys, a lot of you don't know my story, but I've written a book called Fallen Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior. And this is my old name in the sex industry. When you're in the sex industry, when you're being trafficked, you don't ever use your real name. The traffickers don't want you to. The pimps don't want you to because they don't want you to have an arrest record with your real name. So they can sell you over and over and over with new fake identifications. I had an ID that said Fallon York. And unfortunately, I got arrested under my real name many times. But this is my story from being stuck in an abusive family, escaping, escaping, and then escaping out of my jobs into escorting and then meeting my first boyfriend pimp and then finally triumphantly leaving the sex industry and then getting healed by Christ. Now, I'm not going to say I'm like perfect. No one's perfect. But let me tell you, he had us start a destiny house, a place where ladies can come and heal, get stabilized from their severe complex trauma that they have from being in the sex industry and being trafficked. And then we have a second house called Dream House for women that graduate the first program. And we just really love what we do. I have a great team. I cannot do this without the great team. We have house managers, a fundraising director, volunteer coordinator, an operations director, a housing coordinator, house directors. We have people helping our ladies get from point A to Z to get their lives completely restored and their hearts healed and their soul into the kingdom of heaven. And I started the nonprofit almost 20 years ago. Uh, Next year, we're going to be celebrating our 20-year anniversary. And it's all because of you, my friends, that we can even keep our doors open. Did you know it costs money? to help trafficking victims. We are aftercare. What happens when someone gets pulled out of their their house of of a stable of women and a house where there's traffickers, a, a, a ring of trafficking? What happens? It's such a great story to get rescued, but what happens after? That is the most pivotal, important part of someone's journey that's being trafficked. There needs to be aftercare. What happens after you read this nice Bible story? You close the book and turn your head and move on. No, you stop and say, how can I be part of this woman's story? How can I be part of helping restore her soul back to wholeness? How can I help stop the demand of women and children that are being sold into sex slavery? How can I be part of the solution? I have a perfect solution for y'all. You ready? Partner with us. It's so simple. You can just go to our website, donate, click donate. It's a tax deductible donation. You can order the book online, read the story, learn about trafficking, learn why a girl like me, a teenager gets pulled into this racket, gets tortured. Just go to our website, pinkchair.org or hookersreges.net. You can call our number at 702-883-5155. We have our financials audited every single year. Our programs are saving lives and I welcome you. And I ask you to please join us in fighting sex trafficking today because they're coming, they're being rescued. But where are they going? They come to us and we need your help. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. Join our fight today. Thank you so much for joining Annie's Pink Chair today, friends. I am Annie Lobert, and this is Annie's Pink Chair, and we will see you next time. Hi, my name is Annie Lobert, and right now we're standing at the Destiny House, and this is a place where ladies can come and heal from the ravages of sex trafficking and trauma, complex trauma that is very common with each survivor that gets out of trafficking. We just love this property because it's a place of peace. A lot of people say to me, Annie, you know, trafficking really doesn't affect me. I don't know why you're even doing this. Well, listen, it's in your own backyard. It's in Las Vegas, but it's also in Los Angeles. It's also in Dallas. It's also in Chicago. It's also in Minneapolis. It's also in New York. It's in Florida. It's in every state in our country. And ladies and gentlemen, this is a place where ladies can come and get the healing that they truly need. And we are survivor-led and it's so important that you join us in this fight. This is something you can become a monthly partner with. We are survivor-led and because of that, we don't have a lot of funds. We need your help, we need your partnership. People say, well, I wanna be involved, I wanna volunteer, I wanna do this, I wanna do that. Well, yes, we'd love for you to volunteer, but you know what we need more? We need partners like you to step up and stand with our ladies and say, I believe in your now. I believe in your healing and your future. And here's my $20 a month. Here's my $50 a month. Here's my $500 a month to go towards your healing, to go towards your trauma therapy, to go towards your cooking classes, to go towards your job readiness classes, to go towards your college. This is what I want to give as a gift to these wonderful human beings that are being restored from the horrible ravages of trafficking. I'm one of the ladies. I wish I had this program when I was getting out of traffic. Unfortunately, I didn't. But we have it here at Destiny House and another house we have, Dream House. It's our house that the graduates go to when they get out of this property and they transition into their job, into their schooling, into getting their own car and their own place, independent living. We really need your support. We can use your support. Please join us in this fight. Doesn't take that much. You can give it for coffee for the day. You can give up that country ride you're gonna take with your friends or or that weekend vacation. Give us a support because we are in need of monthly donors just like you. And by you giving a dollar or more, or a thousand dollars from a dollar to ten thousand, whatever that looks like, you are going to be changing someone's lives. And our lives that we work with are precious. Please join us today and go to pinkchair.org, click on donate. Join us in the fight against sex trafficking. I want to share a resource with you that I am personally very happy about because it's a book that I wrote called Fallen Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior. It's in English and in Spanish. And this is my crazy harrowing journey out of sex trafficking. Getting out of sex trafficking was one of the hardest things I had ever done in my life. But my story explains. It reads just like a movie. How I got out. But first of all, how I got pulled in. Why I got pulled in. Just go to pinkchair.com. Click on donate and help us end human sex trafficking. Thank you so much.